Hello, and welcome to our Top of Mind podcast. In this program, we will sit down with two higher education technology thought leaders and discuss the innovative project they are working on now and into the future. I'm your host, Caitlin Ilkani, Vice President of Client Services and Cybersecurity Research at the Tambellini Group. I'm joined today by Dr. Kathleen Reed-Martinez, who serves as Provost at Oral Roberts University, as well as Michael Matthews, the Vice President for Technology and Innovation at ORU. Over the next few minutes, we are going to hear how they are supercharging student success. Let's get started. Welcome to the program, Kathleen and Mike. Thank you. We're delighted to be with you this morning. Hey, great to be part of your program this morning, Caitlin. Look forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us today. To start with, I'd like to understand how you define student success at ORU. Student success for us looks at the whole person. At Oral Roberts University, in fact, that's our motto, is whole person education. So when we talk about what does it mean to have student success, we want them to be able to spend their academic time with us and to grow in all those areas that we measure in whole person education and to see them successful, not just with a graduation and we marched them across on commencement day and they got their diplomas, but with the sense that we know they have achieved what they need to achieve in a timely manner and they are now ready to enter the workforce or the career of their choice. And from the technological perspective, Caitlin, we really believe it's essential that every student has the same experience in technology and that they don't stumble over technology. Every minute that we save faculty or students fumbling around technology is another moment that they get to be engaged with the faculty. And so we believe that we have to have an ecosystem that gives them an experience that allows them to connect to all systems at all times. How do you work together as an executive team to make this vision of student success a reality? Well, as Mike just mentioned, we do not see each of the units as segmented across the campus, but rather as an integrated whole. Mike is an excellent vice president to be working with the provost because both of us love to see how technology and innovation can actually help us advance to the next stage. And we're constantly looking at new ideas. In fact, Mike's bringing one to the table that we'll explore even this fall that will help us to identify students who are struggling and identify them more quickly. Uh, We also work very closely with our student life, the vice president of student life, with our student success office, Uh, which is housed in the academic arena. And then we also work with uh, financial aid. We work with the finance department. Every department that touches the student life, we come together to talk about it. Yeah, and our president, Dr. William Wilson, does an excellent job making sure that we all believe we work in enrollment management. There's not a vice president uh, or senior vice president that doesn't believe that they work in enrollment management. And that note or that anchor really makes us all strive for student success on a customer service level, but also seeing the future for students in a uh, comprehensive way. 
We also set rigid goals and we look very carefully at how to attain them, what it's going to take to attain them, then how do we need to combine resources and work together as a team across the campus to make that happen. It sounds like it's truly a group effort at ORU to make this a reality. How do you see the roles of the different stakeholders on campus? We do make certain that we have one person that is the point, uh, that is the one that we go to in terms of referencing how we're attaining those goals, how, how are we approaching it, what are the problems that they're facing, what is it that we see are the particular needs of the students at this particular time. And that's monitored on a regular basis as we work within the president's cabinet. Uh, once a month, that is a key discussion point for us, and we respond across the different areas of the campus. Yeah, and Dr. Wilson had assigned a associate vice president for student success about two years ago, so the department was specifically set up to focus on that, and Dr. Sergio Matviuk is the associate vice president, and he really engages all the stakeholders. For instance, two semesters ago, he gave each of the vice presidents five to 10 student names to call and contact who were maybe what would be considered at-risk students or may not return. And from that, we literally had 50% to 75% of those students return based on that personal follow-up. And we'll see more and more of those types of things as the president will learn of an initiative that that group is doing in student success and how we all need to get behind it and support it. The other way is that we work very closely, as I said, with student life, because as we know, uh, students' uh, failure to succeed academically sometimes can be closely related to other needs that they have, perhaps emotional needs or struggles that they're going through. So we work very closely with student life and with our uh, those who are within our dorms, the structure that we have created there. In fact, it's got a, a very full structure uh, on each floor within our dorm, our port people uh, who are there to support our students and to also help identify students who are struggling and who may need that extra help uh, in order to complete. Now, again, that's not just academic, but also to complete our whole person education model. What types of technology are you using? You know, Caitlin, probably <clears throat> the, the, the most breakthrough thought that has come to ORU was through the provost, and that was the fluidity of education technology, is that, you know, a technologist and vendors will keep pushing more mobile technology, more access, more technology, analytics, and so forth. But she had a theory that, you know, to personally allow every student to succeed, uh, we need the fluidity of the technology to meet them where they're at because we live in a fluid world with fluid economies, fluid governments, fluid jobs. And so we really took that to heart and actually got rid of a lot of technology and streamlined it and white labeled all our technology called geovision technology. We want to reach people around the world with one single sign-on and they have access from augmented and virtual reality to the curriculum, to the learning management system, to their washer and dryer levels. If their washers, uh, completed its load and ready to go into dryer, they get a, a notification on the mobile app. And so we really took the approach of creating a smart ecosystem with all the technology to ensure that that fluidity concept could be met. How would you describe your biggest innovations? The, the, the biggest innovation <clears throat> really uh, in the last three years has been augmented virtual reality. 
uh, as we take a look back, we, we watched Pokemon Go engage with students. 50 million people in less than 40 days were engaged with Pokemon Go. And so we built our global learning center under the direction and vision of Dr. William Wilson. We knew that we needed to reach people from every aspect of the world. So it was no longer thinking about how do we pass a degree to somebody in Tanzania, but how do we pass pieces of intelligence to give them hope that they can pursue a degree? And so we have over 500,000 learning environments in augmented virtual reality that can be passed on a mobile phone to anybody in the world. And in that, our faculty took hold of that and began to modify some of them to be avatars to help them prepare for job interviews, how to interact with international business people in the international business courses. Our sports facility classes began to let students create their own sports stadiums in virtual reality. So probably our biggest innovation was to go deep and long with augmented virtual reality, but make it seamless for every student on campus. Some of the other areas that are not in direct technology area that are essential is, uh, for instance, I'm having some of the faculty review uh, certain areas of curriculum. Are there better ways to streamline that curriculum that would assure student success? How can we integrate more technology into some of those academic uh, programs and initiatives so that the students have added support that's more 24-7 rather than just when uh, a tutoring center is open or that the professor is available. So I'm asking them to explore more and more of those opportunities and how we can achieve that. So it's, it's innovation in terms of our technology, but also our processes, our systems, and how do we actually support those students and we're doing another level of research for instance we have a very strong international population and in order to look at how to strengthen that we're doing deeper levels of research we've got our linguist working on it uh, we have a number of different teams that are uh, again trying to explore areas of understanding how different categories of students learn and how we can best support that and then how we help educate our faculty about how those students learn. And Caitlin, I'll add one thing that separates Oral Roberts University from any other university that I'm aware of, is that all the systems in the world, all the promise of better analytics and performance metrics really haven't shifted student success. Um, they've forced people to dig deeper into the data, trying to make hypotheses, trying to improve off uh, analytical data or a subjective and maybe uh, a little bit of obje objective data. What we have done is every student has a Fitbit and it ties to the heartbeat of the student. And so all the data now shows that in order to help students, the heart rate is what matters. So cognitive load in a class is measured by a three percentage increase in a student's heart rate. And without knowing that and without tying the student to the systems, none of the advances that we're seeing would happen anywhere else. So we're exploring those types of technologies. Again, how do we come back, combine that back into our curriculum design and helping faculty understand those issues so that we can help students adjust to the different stress levels and needs within the academic program to succeed? This sounds really amazing and extremely bleeding edge. What kind of feedback are you getting back from your student population? You know, the, the students and the parents as well enjoy the fact that we give the Fitbit. Uh, they know just as well as we know that no employer wants to hire an unbalanced employee. 
And I, I've been in numerous auditoriums now asking that question. How many of you want to hire an imbalanced employee? Nobody. How about a balanced employee? And that's really the product of Oral Roberts University, a whole person who's balanced because of the body, mind, and spirit. They all go together. And 50 years ago, Chancellor Oral Roberts came up with that theory, and it's now proven to pan out exactly like that. And so we're elated that the students just naturally are used to wearing watches today, uh, whether they're at Oral Roberts University or not. They're used to having earbuds in their ear to be prompted or nudged in the right direction. So we're doing nothing spectacular other than making sure all our technology nudges them in the right direction based on who they are and what they want. I think the fallacy amongst many universities and colleges is that people making decisions are counter uh, digital, meaning that they don't want uh, data to be showing up on their name. But the students today don't really care about that. Even though we're abiding by all the FERPA regulations and so forth, we're allowing students to own the mobile app called the Student Life app, and they make decisions on what's on that app versus, you know, five technologists all thinking they know what's best for the students. And this is very important to the students. In the conversations with them, uh, they indicate that, why are you making those choices for me? I make those choices in my personal life. Why are you deciding that about my academic life? They want to make those choices. And in fact, they're not necessarily very trustful of those committees that set those choices. So it's a new generation. It's a new day uh, with how they view data and how they view privacy. And we try to and work with them in ways that they're comfortable. The Fitbit, for instance, the first thing they all said was, thank goodness we no longer have to fill in all those paper forms. Now we get to just have it automatically done, which you should have done this several years ago, they told us. So the students are not nearly as concerned about the technology as others. For instance, we had a whole group of students that volunteered to working with their Fitbit to do some sleep pattern studies. And of course, they'll all be delighted to know that that's very good information for us because it helps us determine who's night owls and who's, uh, who's those morning larks. So we're looking at what groups of students need what kinds of classes at what kinds of hours. That's a very neat application of the technology. What kind of evidence do you have that you have taken the right direction towards sustainable student success? Over the last three years, we've continued to see improvement. Uh, there are certain areas where we've uh, seen some of the students struggling. Some of those are simply beyond the institution to be able to change, for instance, uh, family life issues that they must address. Uh, but we have seen improvement. But I think we'll begin to see more and more boost over the next two to four years as we begin to implement some of the things that we're finding in these first couple of years of research. Yeah, the, the other evidence, <clears throat> Caitlin, is We've had at least 200 universities fly into ORU to figure out how we're doing what we're doing. They see the stories. They hear about the awards that we've won. So we don't apply for awards just to win awards. We apply for these awards to validate what we're doing. And so after the, uh, over the last two years, we've won 12 global awards from distance learning to transformation with augmented virtual reality to leadership uh, to things related to blockchain the other thing that's notable is that when the U.S. Department of Education is inviting Oral Roberts University in to talk about um, blockchain and how it might transform things, we know we're on the right path. We know it's not all happening as quick as we want to, but there's enough validation points. We did a study last year to find out that if you're an Oral Roberts University graduate, you're making $3 million more in your lifetime 
than somebody who doesn't have a degree, which is roughly about a million more than the average uh, university or college. So we keep improving how we're measuring and validating that we're on the right path. And as Mike said, uh, that's exactly what I was talking about earlier. We don't just view this as a student getting them across the commencement line on a certain day of, of the year, but rather we view it as that long-term, it's that career placement, it's the success of the long-term that we look for, as well as, of course, making certain that we're helping students finish in a timely manner. What kind of plans do you have for the future? Well, we're excited about implementing some of the things that we've been unfolding and that we've been discovering in this process. And uh, I'm looking forward to some of the ideas, again, that Mike's looking at generating for the next year. I think this is going to be a real game changer in some ways. Yeah, one of the things that we're looking at very seriously is that we know that the smartphone has been the latest form factor change in society. So it's already eight years ago that the smartphone starts replacing the digital camera, the family video recorder, your calendar, but society is now proving that it's causing depression and anxiety. So most college and universities are struggling with that very issue. So we've took a jump out into the future and know that probably four years from now, everything we know on a campus will be available on a thin pair of glasses to help navigate and uh, advise students. In between that destiny of those thin glasses, we've come up with a a mirror that's driven by artificial intelligence. And all the intelligence of the world is locked behind that mirror so we can now go and allow a student to uh, say in the morning, launch my productivity, and it will take all their fitness data, academic data, and bring it to the screen in their dorm room or in their home if they choose to. But what we're ultimately trying to do is let them put that smartphone down a little bit because every student has great intentions in the morning until they get six text messages from friends and family to sidetrack them. And so we we love the concept of them waking up and asking the mirror a question and it responds back to them and advises them that they've maybe spent one too many hours on social media and one too few hours of studying their coursework. And so they can bring up our student information system, our LMS system data, directly on that mirror today. So we're excited. Students are excited uh, on how that's happening. So our staff and faculty look forward to seeing how it can be integrated. We do have a couple of faculty who have already started the experimentation process with Mike. And so when you think of the mirror, you know, some magazines who have carried the story already are calling it a life-size digital assistant. Everyone needs assistance. So we're not running from uh, artificial intelligence. We don't see artificial intelligence doing much for us because artificial intelligence can't have empathy, can't have love, and can't have faith. And so we don't uh, run from the artificial intelligence. We rather see it as an augmented method in which that we can help students be advised of the truth about careers, about their own student pathway, how quick they can finish their course, and help them stay focused on what the truth of the matter is versus all the fears and worries that the average student struggles with. Wow, that's true innovation. And I, I think, Caitlin, the key for us, and I've had numerous CIOs call me now and say, Mike, you were on the right track about three years ago. But not to say we had it down pat by any stretch, but we knew two things. One, that we needed to take a student information system and put it in a box where it belonged instead of trying to make it do things it wasn't intended to do. Mm-hmm. That would allow yes. us to not overinvest in hope of making a 30-year-old archaic student information system work as a modern-day uh, app for a student. 
And guess what? The student information system works perfectly and flawlessly the way it was designed 30 years ago. And that's why people are grateful that the bank system doesn't let you go into their bank information system. Rather, they give you a nice front end to it and they reinvent the student experience or the banking experience in a different way. And I think too often there's too much hype and myth around student information systems and learning management systems. Uh, let them do what they do best, but don't expect them to do something they're not created to do. Thank you so much for the time today and the discussion. Before we end, do you have any last thoughts for our listeners or things that they could be thinking about changing on their campuses? To me, I would say, number one, focus on the fact that that is a human being in front of us that has a great opportunity to help transform our world into those things that are good for them and good for our society. And in that process, uh, the technology becomes that fluid with them and also fluid with us so that we maintain that relationship. We know them, they know us, and together we will help them launch and do the things that they are made to do and do well. And my, my last comment would be, make sure you're picking the right vendors and not in, over-investing in vendors who are taking you left or right instead of down the straight and narrow that you need to go down. And that's why, I mean, I'm not here to promote the Tambellini Group, but we have found for five years that the Tambellini Group helps us validate our vendors. And in that, we save money, we save time, and we stay the course of where we want to be. Uh, so again, uh, don't waste a lot of time on vendors who are chasing you the wrong way. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Kathleen. This has been a great talk today. We appreciate all of your thoughts and hope you have the best journey here with student success. It sounds like you're doing just great work. All right. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you for having us. Take care. That's it today for our student success podcast. Check in next month for our top of mind discussion. 